Welcome to a new episode of the Philmont Lincoln Center podcast. This week, we're featuring a special Q&A from the 59th New York Film Festival with Sylvan Zurker, one of the directors of The Girl and the Spider, and NYFF programmer Rachel Rosen. Everything is in its right place, yet nothing is ever what or where it seems in this alternately droll and melancholy new film from the Zurker brothers, whose The Strange Little Cat was one of the most striking and original debut features of recent years. Their latest charts a few days in the lives of two young people on the verge of change. Lisa, who is in the process of moving into a new apartment, and her current roommate, Mara, who's staying behind. Though its setup is simple, the film, and the ambiguous relationship between the women, is anything but. The architectural precision of the filmmaking belies the inchoate longings and desires that appear to course through Lisa and Mara, as well as the various characters who come in and out of their homes. The Girl and the Spider is a minor key symphony of inscrutable glances and irresolvable tensions. The NYFF Main Slate selection opens this Friday in our theaters. Get showtimes and tickets at filmlink.org spider. So, as you mentioned at the beginning, um, you work with your brother, um, and uh, I know it's not like you have a long history of a usual way of working, but I know that you chose to do things sort of differently with this film than you did with um, Strange Little Cat. So, can you talk a little bit about, you know, how you, how things were different with this film and why? Um, yes, it was different. Actually, The Strange Little Cat, um, we made when we were still students at the Film Academy. So um, I was a producer student and Ramon a direction student. And um, actually, we did have to keep these roles in order to get accepted or credited by the school. So I was... Um, like the producer of this film, and Ramon, he did write the script and also direct the film. And um, then later here with this, The Girl and the Spider, it was that um, me, I started to write the script on my own, while Ramon, he already started like the third film, The Sparrow in the Chimney. And um, then uh, he, like in the second period, started to co-write so this was one difference too, because The Strange Little Cat has only been written by Ramon, but here it was like a co-writing. And later, during the shooting, it was actually Ramon um, directing the actors. It was always him talking to the actors, and it was clear that I'm not interfering, or it's, it was very clear like who talks, for example, to the artistic um, departments. And it was rather that I've been there with a second pair of eyes and ears, and then I just feedback Ramon if I think that the rhythm is on point or not, because in a way this kind of, of um, co-directing or, or specific um, artistic decisions about like the set design or the costume or the music is decisions um, were made by the two of us. So, I mean, one of the things I love about the movie is that there are so many things going on on so many different levels. 
And I'm wondering when it came time, when you started to write this script, um, sort of, I guess it's a which came first, the chicken or the egg question, because you have some very formal sort of limitations that you put on yourself, uh, and then you have what you want the movie to be about. And I'm wondering, which did you start with? Um, actually, it was at the very beginning, I didn't know the theme or the topic already. It was rather that um, I do have like a notebook, and there I, I write down kind of everyday pearls. Things I find marvelous just in my everyday life that I find remarkable, even though it's maybe not um, very stunning and on, on a first glance, but something that that moves me in a way. And so I do have like this collection of pearls. It's not always observations. Sometimes it's things friends of mine tell me, or also inventions. But um. But then I've been just um, collecting or adding material, not not knowing where it's gonna end or where where it's gonna lead me to. And then it was also a period when, because Ron and me we first lived together, and as we are twin brothers, it became a bit symbiotic. So um, Ramon, he um, told that he wants to move to an own apartment, and. This broke up this symbiotic relation, and then this came. This also, this in a way helped to find the the topic or the themes. So actually, first it wasn't it wasn't that first there has been a theme, and then the scenes or the material has to to fit the theme. But it was kind of material a good sculpture while finding the theme and topic. And I guess I'm asking it also at what point the idea of, um, you know, how many locations you would be in. I, I think there's also a very formal structure uh, that has to do with this film and the trilogy, if you could talk a little bit about that also. Yeah, because um, also when working on this strange little cat, sometimes it felt as if we were um, like scientists having a laboratory with specific elements we're working with. Like there's animals, there's dialogues, there's a certain amount of actors, and there's this very space, this apartment. And there's many things we didn't allow ourselves to do, like moving the camera or, or using music during a scene to dramatize this scene, but only like um, in between scenes to structure it. And when starting to work on the girl and the spider, we just felt like um, rock broadening, or like making this range of elements we're working with broader, but still we didn't want to have an anything goes mood or policy. So we just wondered about um, working with two days instead of one, and with um, not one apartment, but like two buildings with several apartments, um, and then to kind of weave together these different apartments and all, and the abysses behind 
these walls and closed doors. And um, so, but, but still it felt a bit like scientists working with, with these kind of Lego things also. Hi, I'm Clinton Crute. And I'm Devika Girish. We're the editors of Film Comment. The Film Comment Letter is a free weekly digital newsletter featuring original film criticism and writing by Film Comment's editors and brilliant contributors. The letter delivers exclusive features, reviews, interviews, streaming picks, news, and more directly to subscribers' inboxes every Thursday before they're published on filmcomment.com the following Monday. Sign up today at filmcomment.com to get the letter every week. Support independent film journalism. Support Film Comment. Uh, I, I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit more about, uh, I guess I'll call it the point of view of the film, because um, it's very interesting to see how people have reacted to it. Uh, I think I read someone who said it, it was like he was watching what was going on through the window of an opposing apartment, and I thought, oh, or it could be from an animal's point of view. I'm just wondering if you could talk a little bit about sort of the... Yeah, the point of view of the film. Um, actually, we we like it as we like the idea of um, of like as if an alien would just land on Earth, and being set in the middle of a specific scenario, and it's the way we also um, kind of relate ourselves. To this story, because often in in classic storytelling, at the beginning you get established, you um, know who, how people are related to one another, and also about the filmic space, which we find it interesting that like the spectators and the audience lands in this set, in this scenario, or in this situation and that they like detectives have to figure out how this this the characters are related to one another and what's the plot that it's not all preconceived from the very beginning already but that that one has to kind of observe closely to then get to know what's behind the relations and that's like Maybe the point of view or the, the perspective to us was very close to Mara, the one that stays behind, not the one that moves up, but the one that stays behind. And, um, and that's also why we very early have been interested in a certain this destruction, that like this cosmos has been um, like that there's it's about destruction, about things breaking apart, like the skin, but also relationships. And um, so um, it was like Mara that for us did drive the tone and the, the storytelling in a way. I, I love that in both of the movies there are sort of little private uh, moments of cruelty. Um, that you see exhibited, I'm, 
Is there anything you can say about um, why you like to use those little moments to reveal a little bit more about various characters? Um, I think maybe it's also a personal taste of both of us, of Ramon and me. We do like, actually we like when films, but also people aren't that predictable when there's certain su surprises that, um, for, for example, people or characters aren't just darlings, but can be very cruel, like also. And we also like these kind of borderline um, dispositions. For example, like the colors are very bright, as if it were a comedy or something light, but still it's rather dramatic than comic, and as if it looks like a darling, but then it turns out that it's a monster. Or also the music, like there's um, this classic um, waltz, the Belarusian waltz, that's rather high, high um, culture in a way, and also the 80s pop song, so we like to contrast. And also in the story and the, the character design that um, we do like to, to also design like passive-aggressive um, dialects, for example, we do find it interesting, we have something that appeals us a lot, like also to show these kind of things that in, are very much in, in human relationships. Can you comment on whether it seems like the men were all stable and the women were unstable? Um, actually, it seems that the men aren't, yeah, they're not really unstable, but maybe young, the character, the young boy, he gets unstable, being kind of, of, a, of pushed away by, by Mara, but, but it's actually, it's always, it's often a question why people feel that, like, female characters are treated in a different way than male characters, that male characters are usually a bit like, um, less interesting, in the strange little cat and in the girl and the spider, but we find it um, difficult to explain why it's like this. But I actually find it this way too. The female characters are much more, they do have much more pro profundity, and the male characters tend to be kind of passage by of the film, more or less. Which Actually, there's no concept behind, and it's not that that we wanted it to be like this in the first place, but it turned out to be. Thank you. Yeah, talk a little bit more about the color in the film. Um, it's mostly Ramon. He does like bright colors, like bright yellow, bright blue, bright red, and often in in European art house cinema, there's like rather dull colors, like grayish or brownish and sadish, sadness in a way. It, but um, but it's kind of also a personal um, taste 
of the two of us, but maybe a bit more of Ramon's, that he does like these bright colors, but for us it's not psycho. We didn't use them in a psychological way. It's not that, and neither in a symbolic way. It's not that that yellow to us symbols something specific, but it's just a way to kind of, as I said, to create it light visually, but then to contrast it by by dramatic or passive aggressive things to have like this this tension. What what we did is to to kind of have, for example, one room more a red room, another room more a yellow room, and actually the friend of Mara Lisa, she has this yellow shirt, t-shirt, and the bit it was also because for Mara Lisa is kind of the center of this cosmos, as if she were her son. So there were these kind of intuitive things, but, um, but otherwise it's not like in a psychological way we did use the colors. Can you talk a little bit about the moments that, um, I guess I'll call them, you know, that take place that aren't in the room, which are sort of the legend, the, the maid at sea, and um, the, you know, the things that take you a little bit out of that structure, that the confinement of the structure that you first created. Um, just uh, how I said at the beginning that we had a lot of material like pearls, and not all these pearls um, stayed in this script, but we also said goodbye to a lot of of them. But for example, the chambermaid story very early was in a center part or in a central part of the script. And what we like about it is that um, to us, like Mara's desire for freedom um, is very much incorporated also by this story that this chambermaid, once she lived in the, the room of Lisa, she left the piano back. And that's why we also like the, to have variations of the voyage voyage theme played by a piano. And um, it was her, her being floating on the ocean in a boat. It's as if she went away to have a freedom, but, but in a way, a very relative freedom because she's still encapsulated in a metallic box floating on the ocean. But for us it's like, in a way, related to Mara's desire for another life. That she wishes to have like another life or a freer setup of her life. Okay, we'll take one last question right there. Uh, Mara says that she's a liar. But in another way, she is the person who's revealing the truth about a lot of aspects of what's going on. So if you could talk a little bit about that contradiction of those two things, is that a... Yes. Um, actually, I've never seen it that way. But it's interesting to us, because we are also often playful with words or with language, and this 
thing or this dialogue, but she says, I'm a liar, in a way, it was just a playful, it, we were like playing with words. But, um, but as she really is a liar, she also lies um, during the, the disco scene. She's also lying to, to Kerstin when she says that Marcus also is moving out. So she it's also part of her destructive traits in this universe. And um, it's revealing the truth, a higher truth, a higher truth. Maybe, um, I don't know if she does, but in a way she, she does, what's it called? She's like, um, uh, a cup, cup, and, uh, I forgot the name, but in a way she does make things feelable that others can't make feelable because it's also her perspective to film kind of breathe, breathe, breathe. That's why maybe why she's revealing the truth. All right, um, some mysteries will remain, but that's part of the beauty of uh, the girl in the spider.